we are out in public. I mean, actually out of the house yeah. to do a show. It's Honorado and Bagnardi live on location from Druthers Brewing Company in downtown Saratoga Springs. Bags, man, it's it's good to be alive, brother. It's almost even good to be alive to see you. When was the last time we were at a bar together? I mean, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah, been a Too long, long time. Yeah, we, we got a lot to get to on the show. The reason we're at Druthers Brewing Company in downtown Saratoga Springs is because Doug McLean, our buddy from Real Men Wear Pink in the Albany Capital Center, is selling really cool stainless steel growlers. Stand by. Standing by. We're going to hold. I'm with the audience here looking at a blank screen. There it is. There it is. Pops for hope. Okay. Nice. And we're going to talk to Doug coming up here in a little bit about uh, why he's involved with Real Men Wear Pink, why the growler idea, and he's had great support from Druthers uh, for five years now. So can't wait to get into some of that with Doug. And good news in terms of the NCAA tournaments coming back to the Times Union Center, Shawnee. So we'll get yeah. into all that with Doug here on Honorado and Bagnardi. Before we do that, though, we had football times two yesterday, a Monday night afternoon doubleheader. Yep. Yeah, are you gonna ask me a question? Or are you no. just gonna say, okay. I Great. just thought that maybe the idea of the Bills losing would you know, bring some kind of visceral reaction from you. No, not really. I thought the Chiefs would win. Um, so no, this one, this one didn't surprise me. You know I have serious reservations about Buffalo. I've said this from the beginning of the season with them. I think Josh Allen is really good, but he is a risk every time he's out there, too. I, I think he's just one play away from getting hurt. I don't think he's going to finish the season. I got a bad feeling about him getting hurt at some point this season. Okay. But this one, you knew the Chiefs were going to win this after losing. They're Super Bowl champions. They, they take their first loss of the season, take one on the chin a little bit against a division opponent in the Raiders. You knew they were bouncing back. But at 23-17, there wasn't some thought in your mind that, you know what, look, maybe, maybe Buffalo's got this thing. Because they did finally open up the offense for Josh Allen in the second half there. And I think it's interesting, Bags, that your reservations about Allen are more in terms of his style of play, that he may get injured, and not that he turns the ball over too much. We, we talked about this early on this season that when – and I know it's such a – of course, when a quarterback doesn't turn the ball over, the team has more success. But the Bills are almost unbeatable when Allen doesn't turn the ball over and his completion percentage is at a certain number. Now, you get back-to-back -back losses against Tennessee and Kansas City, two of the best teams in the AFC. And I wonder, are the struggles real here? Right? They were 4-0. and Then they run into two of the best teams in the conference and they drop both games. And are we viewing the Bills differently? I'm not yet. Only because this, but bags. That game against the Titans for me is just – if you throw that one out, they had no idea when they were playing that game, if they were playing that game, and it ends up on a Tuesday. Neither that, did Tennessee. Fair, but they were home, right? They didn't have to travel. Buffalo's not wondering, are we getting on a plane? Are we going to Nashville? What exactly is the plan here? And I don't know, call me crazy, maybe Tennessee was fresher because they hadn't played in a while. They hadn't practiced in a while. I'm throwing that one out. I'm looking at yesterday's game, and I'm saying everything you just said. Kansas City was defending Super Bowl champs. In our eyes, right, they're the best team in the AFC, and I thought Buffalo played them tough. 
the next real test the Bills get, that's, I think, a good measuring stick for where this team is. Okay, two things here. The first one on Allen, yes, the turnovers do give me reason to pause. But, of course, they're better when he doesn't turn the ball over. Every team in the NFL, if they can have their quarterback not turn the ball over, they're going to be better, right? I mean, that's kind of obvious. Uh, as far as the Bills go, I think this is exactly what they are. They're a good team, but when they're matched up against the elite teams of the AFC, like we've seen, then they're not as good, right? This is kind of where they are. They're not at that next level yet. They're good enough to be a playoff team, but probably not good enough to win a playoff game or two. Um, so this is this is really, to me, it's like you said, I think the next game will be a big test when they have that next big test, right? That'll be... Can they get over the hump against one of these really good AFC teams? But until I see that out of them, this is really where I think this team is. Good enough to be in the playoffs, not good enough to have real playoff success. And what was most concerning for me yesterday, Bags, was that run defense from Buffalo. I mean, mm -hmm. Kansas City ran for more than 100 yards in the first half. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire went crazy in that first half. And, and so I think if you're a Bills fan... I think the concern is maybe more with the defense than it is the offense. Stefan Diggs has been an absolute monster. Yeah. And a lot of you could argue that like he's the difference Allen looks, you know, as as good as he does uh, so far this season, a huge offseason uh, acquisition for the Buffalo Bills. All right, Bags, we got to do this. You know what? Do you want to set this up, though? You saw something really interesting at a Starbucks yeah. recently. Set this up for us. Okay, so on on Saturdays, my girlfriend likes to go to Starbucks, you know, get a pumpkin spice latte, take a little stroll at the crossings. You've been to the crossings, very nice place. Yeah, it is. Um, so I noticed occasionally Starbucks will have two different tip jars, one representing something, one representing something else. Mm. And this weekend, this past weekend, I noticed that the tip jars one for the Giants, it's hard to see, but the one on the left there, it says New York Giants on it. And the one on the right you can see is for the New York Jets. So obviously you're meant to tip based on who you support. So this was Sunday, the day before both of these winless teams were about to try to break that streak. And this is what I noticed. Do you notice anything here, Chris, about the Jets tip jar? Yeah, I'm going to – do you want me to interpret this in terms of um... – a good spin for the Jets. Here's how you spin it. Here's how you spin it nicely for the Jets. Please try. Fans think the Giants need all the help they can get. So let's let's give them the money. Now, okay. this is meant to show who do you support. And you can see that Giants tip jar is very well filled. There are a number of bills there. I can tell you there were a number of coins at the bottom of that. This I was the first one, Chris. The first one I put a dollar in this Jets tip jar, and um, why would you waste a dollar on the Jets? I had to because I, I look at that and I think this is so bad. I can't leave this empty. And what am I going to do? Throw coins in there? No, they got a full dollar bill, which made my you know eighteen dollar two Starbucks now nineteen dollars. But I had to do it. I had to do it because I couldn't sit there and stare at that empty jar. When the Giants were getting all the love, I mean, look, Jets were just as winless heading in, and now even more so, okay? So they needed all the help they could get, and they weren't getting any help, none from the folks at Starbucks.
We got people watching on Facebook. Uh, yeah, next test for the Bills, like we said, next game is is the real test. And, and I would go, yeah, the next game against a real contender in the AFC, right, that, uh, that maybe we find out a little more about the Buffalo Bills. You just mentioned it, Shawnee. The Jets need even more help now. They're the only winless team remaining in the NFL. That's after Atlanta and the Giants both got wins on Sunday. Here's my question for you, though, because in the last 48 hours, 36 hours, it's been beaten to death already about how bad the Jets are, and it was a pathetic performance against the Miami Dolphins. Pathetic. Should the Jets keep Adam Gase in the interest of losing as many games as possible? Here's the danger. If you fire Gase, you might get the Falcons effect, where maybe the roster is boosted by that that decision from ownership and we're getting rid of this guy and we believe in you, the players, and maybe they go out and win a game stupidly and you you, you lose that number one pick. Should you keep Adam Gase simply to lose football games this year? No. If you're keeping anybody around in your organization in the interest of losing, you are not running your organization the right way. I always err on the side of winning. As bad as the team is, obviously, they're not going to do anything this season. Unlike the Giants, who actually have a chance to win their division. Um, but but no, the, the Jets, any team, I hate this. I always hate the idea of tanking. I always hate the idea of losing. Because the reality is, you don't know that what you're going to get at number two in the draft versus number six in the draft. You really don't know. And I know, yes, you have to evaluate the talent. You're talking about number one. I understand Trevor Lawrence is a great player. I understand. I get all that. I get it all. But I just can't justify going out there and losing. Where was Tom Brady drafted? Right? Like, you never know. The Jets just used a really high draft pick on a quarterback. So did the Giants. Both teams seem unhappy with those, with the, with, with those moves. So is it really the best idea – to lose and tank and just continue that culture of losing and worse yet, keep somebody around who you think will help that just for the sake of losing. What kind of message does that send? Do you want to continue to tank and lose so you can put yourself in another position where you have to make a good draft pick and maybe it doesn't work out because you are the New York Jets or the New York Giants? No. Let's focus on turning the culture around sooner rather than later. And If you think getting rid of Gase will help that, then that's the move you need to make. Oh, look, there's no, there's no doubt getting rid of Gase will help that. And, and I'm with you. I, I don't know why he's still around. My only thought is that maybe you get rid of him when Darnold is healthy enough to come back and play a football game. And I know Flacco's a veteran. He can deal with whoever's in there at head coach. But that's just kind of my, my broad brush thought that, you know, maybe you wait until Darnold's ready to go. You get rid of Gase. It, it feels like a fresh start for who you thought was your franchise quarterback only a couple of years ago. And I still think Sam Darnold's really good. I'll give Ash all the credit on this one. She brought it up weeks ago that Darnold and Jones for the Giants, both guys might be okay NFL quarterbacks, but we may never actually figure that out simply because of the situation they're in. Like they may not outlive the awful situation each of them are in currently with the Jets and Giants. So after the Jets or after the Giants, if it isn't Darnold and Jones in 2021, 
do those guys get another legit shot in this league? I don't know. And I don't know that it's – well, first of all, I know it isn't all their fault because I think they're both talented enough to play in this league, drafted into tough situations. There's no doubt about it. So both these teams invested a lot in these two guys, right? Yep. And it feels like both fan bases are already willing to give up on both of them. Yeah. And I don't want to be there. I don't want to be there. I feel like I sort of am. But I got to ask you, which one of these guys would you be more ready to give up on first? Boy. I mean, Jones turns the ball over. I mean, let, it's let's his second year. It's his second year. What I'm getting at. Are we ready already to give up on both of these guys? I'm look. I'm not, and I get that. That doesn't. That probably doesn't make me a good NFL GM. Look at what the Cardinals did. Right? They just decided Josh Rosen isn't the guy. I know we drafted him high the year before, but now we've got the number one pick. We need to take a quarterback again. They took Kyler Murray and. You watch last night's game, things to be working seem to be working out pretty well for Arizona. But I, I wouldn't be ready. If I had the number one pick and I know how coveted Trevor Lawrence is, I might try to get a King's ransom in return for that number one pick from a team that absolutely is desperate to get a quarterback. And if I can get multiple first round picks down the road, I think I might be willing to ride with Darnold and Jones and risk missing out on Lawrence knowing I've got multiple first round picks coming to me in the future because of that trade. And Yeah. You make a good point about using that pick to do something other than draft with it. You can always try to give that away. And I think that's the important thing here to look at because if you're identifying as a Jets that Adam Gase is the problem and the plan is to say Sam Darnold's not the problem. Adam Gase is. Let's keep Gase around so we can keep losing so that we can draft a guy to replace a guy who we're saying is not the problem. Like, that doesn't work for me. But if the plan then is to use that pick in a different way, you know, then maybe that adds more fuel to that argument, which I've already said I don't like because I don't like the idea of, of losing. But again, think about it from that perspective. If your idea is to just tank it away so you can replace Darnold, even though you think Gase is the problem, that doesn't work either. Uh, Chris on Facebook, stay with me on this one. Too bad the NFL doesn't follow a relegation system. Oh, geez. Right? Yeah. You can yep. just start bumping the worst teams out yep. until they become good enough to get back in. Boy, there'd be no New York football. We'd all be <laughs> Bills fans. We would all be Bills fans. Although it would be cool getting to see the, um, the Jets playing at the Empire in Albany. <laughs> right. That's about it. Yeah, drop them down to the Arena League and, right. and let them work their way back in. Look, if the XFL can figure its stuff out, the Rock is in command there now. Maybe the XFL figures stuff out, and that, and that becomes sentence, the feeder the XFL, system. If the XFL can figure itself out. That sentence just came out of your mouth. Yeah. All right. Yeah. What else we got? Stranger things have happened, man. Stranger things have happened. Uh, we got hops for hope. Hops yeah. for hope. And our buddy Doug McLean is with us here on Honorado and Bagnardi. We are live at Druthers Brewing Company in downtown Saratoga Springs, Bags. We're going to talk with Doug on the other side of the commercial break here about his involvement with Real Men Wear Pink. Yep. Why Hops for Hope has been such a smashing success with not only Druthers, but other breweries around New York State. And how about the big news in the last week that NCAA tournaments are coming back 
to Albany. Yeah. Doug's got all of that on the other side of this commercial break. You're watching Honorado and Bagnardi. Depressed, overworked, job sucks, underappreciated. When life sucks, just say Dillagaff. Our clothing line puts the FU back into fun. Nothing will give you greater satisfaction. Dillagaff isn't just an attitude, it's a lifestyle. Some people ride the crazy train, we drive that mother. Check out our selection at DillaGaffUSA.com. Back on Honorado and Bagnardi here. We are live at Druthers Brewing Company in downtown Saratoga Springs. And a little bit of what a news to get to here. We are now Whoa. on Amazon Podcast Bags. You already know you're on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Amazon now. Here's the scary thing. If you're just hanging out at home, say, Alexa, play the podcast Honorado and Bagnardi. And guess what? She will play you the most recent podcast and show that Sean and I have done. Alexa, play the podcast Honorado and Bagnardi. We are on Amazon Podcasts. Really, really good stuff. Now, right. does this go back? Does that go back as far as the an hour you'll never get back days? It does. That's crazy. It's the full library. Wow. <laughs> you know, I went back and listened to one of those the other day, and I thought – is this good? I don't know. But it was different. I think we should start incorporating some more in our You'll Never Get Back elements in this. Well, let's go. You're the creative brain in this operation. Get to work. Yeah, we need to we need to spice it up with a little bit. Not that we want to go too far off of the, the sports beaten path here, right? But we got a couple of things. I mean, there was I, – I want to have an astronaut on this show. That's what I'm getting at. I want to have an astronaut. How do you feel? Uh, spicing is not a word, just for people listening. Spicing. Sean just used the word spicing. Yeah, spicing. <laughs> not a word. <laughs> not a word. All, All right. right. Uh, we are here at Druthers Shawnee for a good cause. Uh, as you know, the month of October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. I'm wearing pink every single day this month. Most days you can see the pink that I am wearing, as you can today, thankfully. Right? I don't have to do any de-robing to show you some of the pink clothing I might have on today. I believe it's disrobing, Mr. Wordsmith over there. You want to correct me? Yeah. Uh, so Real Men Wear Pink in the Capital Region is all about raising as much money and awareness as possible uh, for breast cancer research, treatments, and the American Cancer Society in the Capital Region does an, a phenomenal job every single year. When you consider the cities, Shawnee, that put together Real Men Wear Pink campaigns, and they are the largest cities in the country, New York, L.A., Chicago, Boston, Albany was number one last year. I did about this much help to get them there. Doug McLean does a heck of a lot more than I do in order to make this happen. 
and he's with us here on Honorado and Bagnardi from the other side of the bar. Give me a little bit of a, a different vantage point. Doug, man, how are you? It's it's good to see you. Uh, it's good to see you guys. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. So, Doug, you've been with Real Men Wear Pink for a while now, and I know you've been doing Hops for Hope for a while as well. Uh, where did the idea come from, and then how quickly did you get the partnership with Druthers together? Because I know they've been with you from the start. Yeah, Druthers has been on board. This is my third year as Real Men Wear Pink, and Druthers been on right from the start. They're awesome. You know, working down at the Times Union Center, I'm an event guy. Love throwing events, throwing parties. So, you know, Hops for Hope originally was an in-person party, and then this thing called COVID hit us. And I uh, had to get a little creative and, and worked with uh, Druthers and, and gave them a call and said, hey, I have this idea. Let's put a growler together and then you can have folks come around to your bar, restaurant. You know, restaurants are hurting just as badly as everybody else will drive traffic to your to your uh, restaurants. They could buy some food and then they can buy some beer, too. So uh, it's really taken off. We've been at it since October 1st and we're doing well. So what do you have to do? How do I get my hands on one of those cool growlers other than running over and just stealing it from Chris? <laughs> uh, best way, Times Union Center Facebook and the Capital Center Facebook, both of them. Uh, it's up and on sale. We added, you know, there's five fills you get with a, uh, a purchase of the growler. And it's at Druthers. It's Mad Jack uh, Brewery down in Schenectady. It's Saranac, which is actually using, you can get filled at Swifty's Bar. Um, so you don't have to make the trip all the way out to Utica. Fort Orange Brewing, Nine Pid Cider offers a discount. So you get all of them. You buy it at uh, the Facebook on Times Union Center. And then uh, I deliver them. I've uh, been delivering since October, so I make sure you get them there. Uh, and one thing we did since, you know, it expires here at the end of the month, we uh, have a, uh, a bridge version, we'll call it, where you buy the growler for just $30 and you get the one free fill. Plus, you get all the discounts and we make sure that that gets right to you. Well, I know you brought a couple with you today, Doug. I've got money for you. We're, we're in on Hops for Hope. Uh, and I know that this is a cause, Real Men Wear Pink and, and Breast Cancer Awareness Month is one that means so much to you. Fill our audience in just a little bit here, Doug, as to why when the American Cancer Society says, hey, we've got this idea for Real Men Wear Pink, why you were so quick to jump on board. Yeah, I, you know, I had started, you know, Anthony Marino uh, had, had brought me on with the Cancer Society with Coaches versus Cancer years ago. I've been with that event since the uh, inception there since year one. And then uh, my mother was diagnosed with cancer, breast cancer in 2007, and, and she fought long and hard for six years. Uh, she passed away in 2013. Uh, so, you know, then my mission really became, you know, obviously much more personal than originally. So, you know, since then, anytime the Cancer Society asks for something, I'm in. You know, I was asked for real man wear pink, looked in my closet, surprisingly had quite a bit of pink already, didn't really have to add <laughs> to the wardrobe. So, uh, you know, we're on it and, you know, it's full steam, full steam ahead. My family did a, uh, a walk last week on Sunday because we couldn't do the R Washington Park. So we still got our group together. We did our virtual breast cancer walk and, and uh, it was awesome. We still raised some money for strides that way. You know, and like I said, now it's real men wear pink for the next 10 days here to get us to the end of the month. Yes, you may have just answered the question. I was, I was gonna ask you, you know, you talk about Hops for Hopes and you mentioned COVID. Tell us a little bit about how COVID has really impacted things and how you guys are able to adjust to momentum. Yeah, well, it took a global pandemic for me to join Facebook. So I'm actually on Facebook now and doing some fundraising that way. So if that doesn't speak volumes of what COVID did and how you got to change your plan, that, that'll tell you. 
but um, you know, a lot of the guys, there's 20 of us, we all do different things. We go to restaurants, we have a lot of events. So, you know, we all had to reinvent, you know, how we do things. And I think, you know, that's really what's coming out of this pandemic is really going to change. And you'll see some things that stick around and a lot that, you know, that will change, but you know, the importance of raising funds for uh, cancer. And, you know, I had a, a good friend of mine lost his mom during this pandemic to cancer. So her treatments and everything that all changed. So you just see what folks are going through and the importance of it. it you know, we really keep at it. All right, Doug, this won't surprise you. You know, Lizzie Hunter's watching. She says, hello, loves yeah. having you on Facebook. Happy to have you there. We're yeah. happy to have you here at Druthers Brewing Company uh, in. Yeah, I'm, I got flamingos on the shirt. Lizzie wants yeah, to well, my oh. other my other fundraiser is uh, I have a flock of flamingos that have been traveling around the capital region and uh, we put them all over the lawns uh, of some folks. And the only way to get them off is to make a donation to the Cancer Society to my real men wear pink. And then the, the flock will move to a neighbor. Um, and the folks have been really great. We've raised some great money with those, too. So, again, just trying to to engage and it's pretty easy to social distance flamingos, too. So, Bex, it's what you call getting flocked. It's what you call getting flocked Love is, what, it. is what they call it. Yeah. Um, and we're at Druthers Brewing Company to talk about Hops for Hope. But there's also big news in the Capital Region, Doug, within the last week. And this impacts your professional life with the Albany Capital Center, which is just such a phenomenal facility. Um, and it is the reason that so many now NCAA tournaments and coveted, I'll just say sporting events, but I know conventions and other things of that sort are interested in the capital region. Again, is because of the Capital Center. Big news within the last week, man, that the NCAA tournaments are coming back, not only for men's basketball, women's basketball, but also NCAA hockey. Yeah, you know, we were really excited last week with the announcements. And just as you said, when the Capital Center was built, it was built as an ancillary facility to complement the existing uh, Times Union Center uh, to be able to add uh, fan festival space, practice space. You know, in 2020, we were supposed to have the men's were going to be practicing at the Capitol Center. And then obviously the games down at the Times Union Center. And in 2021, we have the women's regional coming back and they'll be practicing there, too. So uh, it's really great. We, you know, we got the men's back in 2023. We we're hoping that the NCA was going to make that move once we lost our 2020 uh, we have the regional uh, women's back again, which is actually changing their format. And uh, we'll go to eight teams instead of the traditional four that you'll see this year. So that's great. And then we have the uh, the hockey, too. And college hockey, you know, hopefully UP, uh, RPI, our union makes it in and we get that ECAC hockey feel to it because uh, it's really just a great, great excitement. Yeah, Doug, for people who don't know, I mean, obviously, we, we know it hurts not having – the, the men here when that basketball tournament was supposed to be here, but now coming back, such, such a relief, I know, for so many in the community. Can you tell us just a little bit about the overall impact, economic impact, and beyond that of having that tournament come back here? Yeah, we were actually set up and ready to go. We had the basketball floor down. We were ready to go. And then two days before the championships happened, we get the call. You know, we were anticipating, okay, we might be going at this without fans. Never in a million years would I think that the uh, $7 billion NCAA basketball tournament would just cancel and walk away, but that's what happened. So, you know, and Albany obviously gets a piece of that $7 billion. You know, we're into the tens of millions of uh, economic impact for just that one weekend. So uh, it was a huge hurt. And then since then, the Times Junior Center, we have not had an event. Uh, we had uh, uh, Kane Brown on March 6th. That was our last event. So really our guys uh, who, who set up the basketball floor came in once we got the word, 
packed up the basketball floor, and that was it since March. And we're just anxious to get back. We're hoping we have a plan for Siena basketball to come down and play, hopefully with fans, at least at 25%. If not, you know, there's talks that maybe they just play there because it is their home court. And, and it's important that the uh, Time Junior Center of Siena still, you know, maximize the facility. And, you know, it's a great recruiting tool for them. And, you know, hopefully we are able to at least get those and, you know, broadcast if we can't get the fans. But the hope is after January, fans in the building. And we've got Siena fans watching. Jeff is a Siena grad. He's watching us on Facebook as well. And, and that's that's a good thing we'll hit on here too, Doug, since we've got you, is I know the MAC has made decisions in terms of when games will be played. Um, what more goes into deciding whether or not fans will be there? Because look, we've got restaurants open to the public at a certain capacity. The news within, again, the last few days is that movie theaters outside of New York City will reopen at 25% capacity. To me, it stands to reason that if everything else indoors is open with a different capacity limit, that sporting events too would then play into that. What's your understanding in terms of what you need to learn from New York State and what Siena needs to learn from New York State and whether or not you think fans, like you said, maybe by January 1? Yeah, and we, you know, the movie theaters was big. You know, it was the movie theaters, arenas, convention centers. That's pretty much what's left to open. And now we're down to arenas and convention centers. So we hope, you know, we get that call soon. You know, we understand the importance of it. I know the Buffalo Bills are working really hard with the governor's office trying to get their fans in. Obviously, that's outside. Um, you know, but our company, ASM Global, who I work with, manages the Times Union Center. We have this uh, 300 buildings, you know, across the country, across the world, really, in, you know, Louisiana Superdome and, um, you know, out in Los Angeles with the new stadiums, you know, the Rams stadiums that opened. So, um, you know, we have protocols in place. We want to do it safely. We're not, you know, we're realists. We don't want a sold out building. That's not safe for anyone right now. So we just want a piece of the pie. We want to be able to let them in, you know, let the fans go out and, and let's, let's face it here. We're in the Northeast, you know, in another month, it's, it's going to be tough to do stuff outside. So let's, uh, let's offer a safe environment. We have talked with the governor's office. Sienna has been on those calls. Uh, to see what we have to do. And I think, you know, we're prepared to do it, you know, once we get the word. So I, I think that's the, the real positive here looking for going forward. One thing you can do indoors is have a little beer. <laughs> or get, a lot of beer. Get, get, or a lot of it. Get the growler. Hops for hope. Uh, it's, of course, for a great cause. And as Doug mentioned here, you're also not only going to support the fight against breast cancer, but you're also going to support local businesses uh, in and around the 518 Get the growler. It's on Doug's Facebook page, as he mentioned. And if you need information, hit me and Sean up as well. well. We'll point you in the right direction. Doug, thank you, man, for the time. Thanks for making the trip up to hang out with us here at Druthers. And uh, I know I'll be seeing you over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Doug McLean, general manager of the Albany Capital Center and a real man, real man who wears pink and the Hops for Hope campaign as well. Uh, like I said, Bags, we got a couple of growlers here. We're going to get money to Doug to support his campaign, and, and maybe we'll get a fill up here before we leave, huh? Yeah, I mean, you got him. <laughs> can't, <laughs> leave with, can't leave with an empty growler. Right, that's for exactly. Sure. Um, all right, we've got the World Series tonight. Wow. Game one. Am I over the Braves' loss? No. no. No, you can't be. Did you watch the way that series went? Three to one, you're up, and it just falls apart. That was a choke. That was a choke job. 
easy with that word. That was a choke. You can't be up three to one and give that up. I know the Dodgers is a great team. You cannot lose that series up three to one. You cannot. Yeah, two zero and three one. You're in command the entire. You have to find a way to win that series. Yeah. But they had so many opportunities in Game Seven. We'll get to Game One of the World Series here in a second, but. Atlanta had so many opportunities in Game 7 to get runs across, and they were unable to do it. I thought Ian Anderson, our local boy, I thought Ian Anderson was good. Yeah. Right? I mean, he kept Atlanta in the game, gave up two runs in the three innings he pitched, but Atlanta was in that game. And when he left, they went to the top of the fourth, and the Braves scored another run. So depending upon how you want to look at it, he left the game with the lead. He did enough for the Braves to win that game, and the bullpen literally only made two mistakes. But the problem is with the Dodgers lineup, man, when you make a mistake, that thing's going 400 feet. What was Anderson's pitch count? It was in the 70s, I believe. Yeah, I thought he should have had another inning. I know you do. And look, I wouldn't have had a major problem with that, but he had really worked his way out of some trouble in the second and third innings. So it felt like the end of the line for him. The bullpen was rested because of what, what Max Fried gave them in game six. Everything was going according to plan. And then you bring back A.J. Minter, who had just given you so much on Friday that that, to me, was the mistake of the game. Not pulling Anderson, who was bringing no, Minter into the game. I don't think it cost him the game. I just would have liked to have seen him get another inning. I think in the playoffs, you know, this is what I don't like about baseball. This is one of the millions of things I don't like about baseball. Nobody hates baseball like baseball fans. <laughs> um, they play a different game all regular season than they do in the playoffs. Yeah. And then they get to the playoffs, they don't know how to play in the playoffs, they don't know how to coach the playoffs, and how to manage the game in the playoffs because it becomes a different game. I don't understand why that's the case. And I'm not saying that the playoff way isn't the way it should be. I'm saying they need to do stuff different in the regular season to prepare themselves better. It just – I don't like it. You got guys, you're putting guys in spots that they've never been in, in the biggest spots, or you're bringing guys out of the bullpen to normally start. You're, yep. you're making lineup changes. Things are just too different when it matters most. Prepare yourself during the regular season better, please. They baby guys. They baby guys during the regular season, right? Especially starting pitchers. And then you get to the playoffs, and it's like, you need to create what? I know. You're not conditioned for it. Physically is one thing. Mentally is the other side. You're just not conditioned for it. How about the, the Dodgers game one starter? He's a 23, uh, game seven starter, 23-year-old Dustin May. Didn't yeah. find out he was going to pitch game seven on short rest until one o'clock that afternoon. Oh, by the right. way, it's seven hours. You're getting the ball, and we need to pitch you. We, we need you to pitch us to the World Series. Okay. That's absurd. Okay. Yeah, you're right. The, it, the mental shift is as big of a challenge, in my opinion, as the physical shift to go from every five days at most in the regular season to then even on some occasions, two days rest as we saw the Rays bring Tyler glass now back on short, short rest. Uh, we're live at Druthers Brewing Company bags here in downtown Saratoga Springs hops for hope. Check it out on Facebook. It's a great way to support the fight against breast cancer, as well as some of your local businesses and breweries. If you need more information, Doug McLean's the guy on Facebook, or hit me or Sean up as well, and we'll point you in the right direction. Game one of the World Series is tonight. Who's got the advantage? 
Do we like the Dodgers or the Rays? Not just tonight, Glass now Kershaw, but over the life of this series. Will the Dodgers in the World Series for the third time in four years finally get it done? We're back right after this on Honorado and Bagnardi. And bank on it. I got a bank on it, bags that might just blow your mind. So, what does Capcom have that your bank doesn't? You'll love our lower fees and great rates and a team of financial experts who put you first. What's not to love? We even make it easy to switch. Visit us and open your account today. And find out what it's like to bank where you matter most. We're back here on Honorado and Bagnardi. Uh, awesome to have Doug McLean with us here this morning as well, Bags. We're live at Druthers Brewing Company. Look at the social distancing, people. Look at this. I mean, I, I, I'd like to get farther away from Sean if possible, but this is the best we could do today anyway. It's, it's a cutaway. This it's, is great. It's good enough for me. We are uh, we're upping the game. Yeah. Right. First time out in public in a while. Up the game with uh, with a little multi-camera view uh, from Druthers. All right, Bags. Yep. Let's do this, man. We've got game one tonight of the World Series. Who's got the edge for you? Ray, uh, the Dodgers are back in the World Series for the first time uh, since 2018, but it's their third trip there in four years. Yeah. Are they the favorites here? They have the best record in all baseball. Are yep. they the favorites over Tampa? I think they are. Feels like they're due, first of all. Like they've got to get one of these, right? Um, they, yes, the Dodgers are going to win this series, and I think they might win it easily. I think they've got a lot of momentum coming off the three games in a row against the Braves, your Braves. Tampa, you know, they went Houston back into that thing in a big way, obviously up 3 0, and then ended up having to win a game seven. Feels like the Dodgers just have the edge to me, but I expect this to be close. Tampa with no fights. They are not going to back down. This should be a series. But at the end of the day, I like the Dodgers. I like the Dodgers here, too. Um, heavy favorite, and you thinking that maybe it, it's shorter than some people. I, the thing that scares you about Tampa, and as a Braves fan, people asked me when they were up 3-1, who would you rather play, Tampa or Houston? I said Houston because Houston pitching didn't intimidate me. Whereas Tampa does so many unconventional things, but they also have top line starters, Glass now tonight, Snell tomorrow night, then you get the day off, and then Charlie Morton in game three. Like those are three legit starters. And what did we see Washington do last year? And I know Houston had good pitching too, but the starting pitching carried the Nationals. Tampa gets some timely hitting. I think the Dodgers are, are really up against it here. Not that they're going to squeeze knowing like, hey, maybe our window is closing. But I think Tampa has more of a shot to win this thing than a lot of just kind of general baseball fans feel. Like they're going to look at it and be like, Dodgers, Rays, give me L.A. But here's the thing. Rays won 40 games too. I mean, these are the two best teams in their respective leagues. So it's kind of the fitting World Series that we get L.A. and Tampa – Tampa was 40 and 20 
And now they played, I think they played a tough regular season. That NL East, say what you want about maybe the final records, but there's some talented teams in there. And of course, the AL East, you're going to go up against the Yankees a bunch of times too. And, and, and Toronto's not a bad team. Obviously, they made the playoffs. So I think Tampa's got a real shot here. Personally, I'm rooting for the Dodgers. I kind of default to being a National League guy when all is said and done, the way I root in an all-star game. I seem to do it in the World Series too, so I'm rooting for the Dodgers. But if you tell me a week from now that Tampa has won the World Series, there won't be a part of me that's surprised. I'm rooting for Tampa Bay. I think the Dodgers have more unlikable players than Tampa Bay does. So that's, that's why I'm going American League this year. When I normally would be with you, I think, going NL also, Mikey here says he's got the Dodgers to win it in six games. This, this to me, could be one of those series where the games are close, but series isn't in terms of the number of games we get. I think it might even be the Dodgers in five, but five really good, really close, hard-fought games. You know, because Tampa Bay doesn't give up. They don't quit. I just think at the end of the day, the Dodgers are the better team, and they'll find a way to win more games. Okay. All right. Uh, so maybe – you're, you're rooting for the American League, but you're picking the National League team. Correct. That's what I'm hearing. I believe I just said that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm focused on what we're going to do next here, and that is bank on it, which is a fun feature on this show, thanks to Capcom Federal Credit Union. As you like to say, Bags. Bank on it presented by Capcom Federal Credit Union, 11 different branches in the Capital Region and our Federal Credit Union of choice here on Honorado and Bagnardi. It is where we back up the Brinks truck every week and we stash our vault at Capcom with cash. Yep. Here's my bank on it, Bags. Yep. Okay. Yep. We do this every week on the show. Bank on it. Every team in the NFC West will finish with at least as many wins as the first place team in the NFC East. So the fourth place team, the last place team out West, which I believe will probably be the 49ers, although I'm pausing because of the way they played Sunday night against the Rams. But I'm going to say probably the 49ers. They will still have at least as many wins, and I think probably more wins than the team that wins the NFC East. You've got the two and four Cowboys at the top of that division, and they just lost last night to now the four and two Arizona Cardinals. The last place team currently out West has three wins. The first place team in the East has two wins. There's my bank on it. So what is your what's your magic number here? What is the number that the that will win the east six or seven six games is going to win a division they have two i understand six i get it i get it but don't you think that first of all they have to to play each other so somebody's going to find a way to get some wins yep and at some point don't you think one of the teams finds a way to pull away just a little bit just a game or two somewhere sure i think you could be seven and nine and win that division by two or three games Okay, so let's say, let's say the number is seven. You still got four teams yes. winning seven in the West. Yes, at least it's seven. Are you telling me the 49ers won't win seven games? Uh, no, I think they will. Cardinals already have four. Rams already have four. The Seahawks have yeah. five. I think the Cardinals will actually end up finishing last in that division. But you're right. They'll probably be eight or nine wins. And I know they have to play each other, I, we, as you said. Yeah. 
I get that the teams out West are still going to have to. If you tell me the, you think the Cardinals are going to finish last and they only need three more to get to seven, where you and I kind of both agree that that's the number to win the East. Boy, that's, that's embarrassing. <laughs> well, it's and something. And they're going to let an extra team in, obviously, uh, an extra wild card team this season. So do you then see you see three teams coming out of the West for sure in the playoffs? Well, in our in our preseason predictions, I only took the Seahawks and the – we'd have to go back and look at it. But I, I think I took in the preseason. I'm talking about what you're taking now. Well, I took the Seahawks and the Cardinals out West in our preseason picks. Now I think you probably get three, although the Bears already have five wins, right? There's some some surprising things going on in the NFL this year, but at the ultimately I don't think Chicago gets in. Somehow they don't get in, and you'd probably put the Rams, the Cardinals, and the Seahawks in at this point. Right. And the South doesn't do anything for you. I mean, you got Tampa Bay and New Orleans. Tampa and New Orleans, one out of the North, one out of the East. Is my math any good there? Yeah. Okay. Three, five, seven. Yeah. All right. Okay. I, I like think it. I think that's probably where we fall. Unfortunately, your bank on it's take longer. I go for the immediate gratification bank on it. Like I want to bank on it that something's going to happen tomorrow. Are you you're hitting us with bank on it this morning or waiting until Thursday show? You want me to wait until Thursday? I'll wait I, until Thursday. I don't care what you do. I'll wait until Thursday because I've got one about basketball that I was going to make about next season. So I like I'm going to buck the trend and go way long term. I like but I'll it. sit on it for two more days and, and reconsider it just to make sure I really want to bank on it. Because I'll give you a hint. It involves my favorite team. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. A little tease ahead to Thursday. Coming up on Thursday's show, we'll be with you at 11 o'clock. Uh, we've got Kevin Kernan on, longtime baseball writer, Covered the Padres, covered the Yankees and the Mets most recently. He's now with Ball 9, doing some really cool feature-length pieces that he's so good at, not just the day-to-day stuff of, of baseball, uh, but looking at some of the trends in the sport bags that you and I love to talk about, some of the strategy, some of the elements of the game that have been lost over the last five or ten years. Yeah. But, of course, we'll also break down the World Series with Kevin Thursday. It'll be the off day in the World Series. We'll have a better feel maybe as to where this one, this fall classic, is going. How about a stat on the way out the door here? This is courtesy of our buddy CJ over at the TV station. Starting the night bags, this will only be the fourth World Series ever to have every game played at the same stadium. So follow me here. 1921 and 22, you had the Yankees and the Giants. They both shared the polo grounds at the time. Okay. 1944 yep. in St. Louis, you had the Cardinals against the Browns. They shared the same stadium. Hmm. And now here we are in 2020 at a truly neutral site in Arlington, Texas, where there will be some fans. 11,500 is roughly the number. When you get the Dodgers and Rays together to play every game in the same stadium, two off days planned. One of them is Thursday when we'll have Kevin Kernan on the show with us. That's interesting. I hope it, we obviously hope it never happens again. Um, look at this. Unlike the presidential race, we have the two best teams in baseball duking it out. Love it. Good for the Dodgers and five. Dodgers and five. Um, we, can, we can get into this maybe Thursday as well. 
I want to know where you feel like this series is going to fit historically. Yeah. Uh, are we going to look at it? Are we going to acknowledge these were teams, you know, preseason anyway, at least the Dodgers that a lot of a lot of fans and experts had circled the best in the National League. You know, they've been it all after being here. Are we going to acknowledge that as a true championship after the short season? And neutral sites in the playoffs, not having a good advantage and everything. Um, maybe we'll get into that Thursday, too. Yeah, look, John Smoltz, who you know I respect greatly, has said he thinks this is the most difficult title to win, given all that went on just to pull the season off, sacrifices players have made, the bubble situation once you got into the divisional round of the playoffs. Smoltz, he says this is the most difficult one to win. So we'll ask Kevin Kernan, who's also, of course, a great historian. You're not, you're not traveling. You're not playing any games on the road against in, in a hostile environment. No, stop. It's not the most difficult ever. Get a growler. There it is. Hops for hope. All right. You can fill it up at a number of different breweries in and around the 518. We are at Druthers Brewing Company in downtown Saratoga Springs. But of course, they also have the Albany location, not far from the TV station, Shawnee. And of course, in Schenectady, right by Rivers Casino. Check them out. Go support our buddy, Doug McLean, the American Cancer Society, and Real Men Wear Pink. We are back on Thursday, everybody. A look inside Druthers Brewing Company here, courtesy of Ashley Miller helping us out. There it is. There it is. We're back on Thursday, everyone, 11 o'clock with Kevin Kernan from Ball 9. Say see you later, Shawnee. See you later, Shawnee.